0: what a joyous time of year it is and it's been a little while since we've had kids in the house now we have cats and a dog and it's a little bit different but as we go through this Christmas season it's easy to remember back during those days I was talking to a young mother first child one year old talking to her last week about the joys of Christmas and how all the ornaments have to be taken off the tree up to the height that she can reach. But she was telling me a little story, such a precious story about Christmas and such a precious story about this precious little angel of hers. She said she caught caught her little girl with the baby Jesus from the manger as she dropped it in the toilet. Now, some of us think you know that's that's kind of what's happening to Jesus around Christmas time. Anyway, he's kind of being flushed out of Christmas. As I was doing a little uh, a little research, as I was preparing for this message and preparing for Christmas, I ran across a, a Pew Research survey that was done last year, and it said that ninety to ninety five percent ninety percent of Americans and ninety five percent of Christians celebrate christmas that's that seems like a wonderful thing and in fact that that statistic has held steady over the last few years but one of the statistics related to christmas has been declining it also stated that 45 percent of americans say that they celebrate christmas primarily as a religious rather than a cultural holiday so let that sink in for a minute 46% of Americans say that for them, they celebrate Christmas, but for them it's much more of a cultural kind of thing. It's tied up with with trees and and snow and, and Santa and elf on a shelf and all those kinds of things. It's not primarily for them a religious holiday. It's not tied to what we consider the reason for the season. And that number since 2013 has declined. In 2013 it was 51%. The survey went on to say also if you look at it as far as generationally, those who are younger than many of us in this room today, a generation called the millennials, celebrate Christmas as a religious holiday at a far lower rate than most of America. In other words, as the generations pass, Christmas becomes more of a cultural holiday and less and less of a holiday a holy day celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. seems that the child in the manger is kind of losing ground to that jolly old elf from the North Pole and all the trappings that go along with the Christmas season. Now, one of the things we look at this, and, and we may get disgusted or disturbed or perhaps even a little bit angry at all of what's taking place in our culture, but we need to understand That what's taking place in our culture is, I won't say it's inevitable, but I will say this, it's accelerated by what's taking place in Christian homes. When we as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, who honor that this is the celebration of Jesus' birthday, we're not saying that, hey, it actually happened on December 25th. We're We're not saying that. But when we say that this is a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ then we have to honestly look in our own homes in our own celebrations and ask ourselves how much of our celebration focuses on that and how much of our celebration focuses on the things that the rest of the culture is focusing on in other words we've hopped on that bus and we begin to travel along with the culture instead of taking that stand not a, not a mean stand not a not a vicious stand not an angry stand but just a stand in our own homes that Jesus Christ will be central to our Christmas and I want to encourage you this is not to make you feel guilty it's not to make me feel guilty I mean we're, we're all a part of this okay it's just we have the opportunity beginning now to say that Christmas is going to be about Jesus. And it doesn't mean we don't give gifts and we don't put up a tree and we don't put cookies out for Santa. It doesn't mean that. It simply means that all those things become secondary to the child in the manger, the Savior who has come to us, who is Christ the Lord. Perhaps we have forgotten the why of Christmas. Why Jesus came. I'd like to spend a few minutes thinking about that this morning. When you look at the Christmas stories, you may go to the Gospel of Matthew, you may go to the Gospel of Luke, and both those two Gospel writers kind of give us windows into the Christmas story. One window looks at Mary. The other window looks at Joseph. And together, we kind of get a complete picture of what's going on. Let me give you a little background here. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, announcing that she would give birth to a son, and not just any son. This would be God's son. And then Mary told Joseph. Now, there have been a lot of sermons, a lot of stories, a lot of songs on exactly how this may have taken place what kind of an awkward conversation this might be. And you can imagine that it would be to say, hey, listen, Joseph, you might want to sit down for this. I just need to tell you that God sent an angel to me, and the angel told me that I was going to give birth to a son. And initially, Joseph was like, yes, that's what I wanted. I wanted a son. That's awesome. Somebody to carry on the name. And then she said, well, hang on. There's some other news that goes along with that. This is going to be God's son. You need to know that right now, right now, I am with child. Right now, I'm pregnant. Now, this has really no no precedent. There's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard about something like that. No, there's nothing like this. This is out of the blue. There is no frame of reference in which Joseph can put this information. And so he makes a decision. And his decision is actually based on love and compassion because he he loved Mary. But he didn't want her to be humiliated any further. And so Joseph made the decision that here we are we're about we're about to be become man and wife. We're about to become couple. Uh, They were betrothed which was a well, a little more than what we would consider as, as fiance, if, if a couple was betrothed, then there would actually have to be a, an official divorce decree in order to separate them. And Joseph decided, you know what, we're going to do this quietly. I'm not going to humiliate her. I love her. I don't understand what's going on in her life. I can't comprehend it. I can't put all the pieces together. But I love her. I won't humiliate her. And so we'll just, we'll just quietly separate and, and go our own way. But God was not content with letting that happen because God had a plan and a purpose. And so we want to look at Matthew chapter 1, just a couple of verses there, verses 20 and 21. And we want to see how God intervened in order to move this process along of bringing the Savior to us. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 20, it says... Doing the making the best decision possible under the worst possible circumstances he could imagine, but God intervened, God sent an angel to him in a dream to confirm what Mary had said. And and it's interesting some of the phraseology that's being used here because the angel begins by saying, Joseph, son of David, and we know that. The king who would come, the Messiah who would come, would come from the lineage of David. And so here is a reminder that that even though people had thought maybe God had forgotten, God had had just let it slip his mind that he was going to send a, a newborn king, God hadn't let that slip. God knew exactly what he was doing. And so he begins, Son of David. The promised Messiah is going to come through the correct line. And then he tells Joseph something that, he had, that the angel had told Mary and that the angels would tell the shepherds and that God often speaks into our lives. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Let me just encourage you today. There are many of you who've got things in your life right now that are causing fear to kind of well up within you. Things that you're fearful about, things that you're really scared about in your own life. And, and I want to encourage you, do not let fear dictate your decisions. Rather, let your decisions be dictated and guided by faith, by trusting in the one who holds you and who holds your future in his very capable hands. Don't fear. Don't fear to take Mary as your wife. And then he went on to confirm everything that Mary had told him. She is indeed pregnant. And the child that she carries in her is from the Holy Spirit. And when he's born, you're not to name him after yourself. Because Joseph, this isn't about you. But you are to name him Jesus. Jesus, the name means Savior or he who saves. And the angel gives the reasoning. You're to name Jesus for this reason. Because he will save his people from their sins. Now the honest truth is that so much has been added to this cultural celebration of Christmas. So much has been added to our celebration of Christmas that the purpose of Jesus coming often gets missed. We kind of like the baby Jesus it's a safe thing baby well from a distance babies are safe up close it can be a dangerous thing right but but from a distance babies are safe they're cute they're everybody thinks uh, I was the other day I did something really ridiculous I volunteered to look after somebody's kid God was merciful, and they chose not to. Now, maybe they didn't trust me with their kid, but from a distance, they all look precious and adorable, right? And so at Christmas, we've got this baby in a manger. which is a wonderful thing, but what we forget is He didn't come just for that. He didn't come just to give us a, a beautiful picture for a Christmas card or for a manger scene. He came for a purpose, to save from sin. And then Jesus goes on. This is so cool because all during Jesus' ministry, he continues to remind us of why he came. Let me just give you the highlights. Luke 19:10 For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Luke 5:32 I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. John 12, 46, I've come into the world as a light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. John 10, 10, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And even as Jesus neared the agony of the cross... He understood what His purpose was and embraced that purpose. He said in John chapter 12, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose, I've come to this hour. This is why I came. It's why I was born. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the shadow of the cross, as Jesus prayed, He said, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify in me, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in you before the world existed. Here's the reality we want our culture to put Christ back in Christmas. I mean, there are people, maybe even in this room, who get angry. When someone wishes them happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. What does that anger accomplish? Zip. I mean, I I hope no one in here. I've heard the stories of of people who refuse Christians who refuse to leave a tip to a waiter or a waitress who says happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Let me tell you, if that's you, you don't understand Christmas. You don't understand the Christ of Christmas because the problem is has far less to do with the culture and their attitude towards Jesus in Christmas and far more to do with Christians and their attitude towards Jesus in Christmas. How do we expect a culture to keep Christ in Christmas when we who hold Christ as central in Christmas don't do the very we do the very same thing that they're doing and so the most pressing need the most urgent need the most important thing is that for you for your family in your home that Christ is the center of Christmas you go well how do I know let let me let's let's imagine a little bit let's imagine there's such a thing as aliens and one An invisible alien landed in your backyard. Now, this invisible alien, he spent some time over the last couple of weeks and leading up to Christmas Day. He spent some time peering in your windows and watching what was going on in your home and listening to the things that you said and watching all the things that you did. preparation for Christmas let me ask you simply based on what that invisible alien saw in your home what would he believe or she believe or it believe because I don't know it was invisible I couldn't tell what would this alien believe was central to your Christmas most important about Christmas was the true meaning of Christmas. If Christmas is to be celebrated in the most meaningful way possible, then the heart of our celebration must be the birth of a Savior, one who came to save us from our sins. Verses that aren't often thought about in in light of of christmas perhaps you don't find these verses in your christmas cards are verses that are found in the third chapter of john's gospel let me tell you folks this is the story of christmas for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only son of God We sing about peace on earth, but the truth is there can be no peace on earth until we have peace with God. And there will be no peace with God until we can honestly, with our hearts and our mouths, declare that Jesus is our Savior and that He is Lord of our lives. This morning... I want to offer to you a gift. And that gift I offer, I offer through authority of God himself. And that is the gift of eternal life. The gift of abundant life. The gift of life in Jesus. God not only loved the world, but God loved you so much that He sent His one and only Son. God loved you that much. And God wants a relationship with you. He does not want you, when this life comes to an end and we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, He does not want you to stand condemned. Instead, He wants to welcome you into His heaven. How do you do that? You simply receive Jesus. No, not just the baby in the manger, but the savior who died on the cross and rose again on the third day it's all one and the same and if you need this jesus if you want this jesus if god has been working in your heart laying a hunger in you to have this relationship with him then this morning i invite you to come and receive the greatest gift that's ever been given listen All the commercials show these really nice cars in the driveway with big red bows. That ain't happening at my house. But that's okay. Because I and my family have already received the greatest gift that has ever been given. Many of you have received that gift. And I don't want any of you left out. God loves you and He offers His Son to you. If you would receive Him today, it will transform not only your Christmas, but your life and your eternity. And I also invite you, those of you who have honored Christ in your heart and and have been redeemed and know you have a home in heaven with Him, I just want to encourage you make sure that you slide the Christmas tree over, slide the Santa over, and place Jesus squarely at the center of your Christmas and your heart this season. May we pray. Lord God, we thank you for speaking to us today through this wondrous story We often think of stories as something that are made up or untrue, something we might find on a Hallmark channel around this season. But Lord, we know that what we talk about is real. We believe that you did send your son to die for us, not just to be born to give us a holiday, but to die for us, and then to rise again that we might have life forever. And Lord, we pray. We join our hearts together today, Lord, to pray and to ask that if there's anyone in this place, in this room, who does not know Jesus as Savior, who has not received his, your Son into their hearts and their lives, who've not declared Him as Lord, then Lord, would, would you this day, by the power of your Holy Spirit, begin to move and begin to draw that individual to you, that man, that woman, that young person to you today. So that they might come and receive the greatest gift, the gift of your son. And Lord, for those of us who've kind of shoved Jesus to the side, maybe we haven't dropped him in the toilet, but we've moved him to the side. Lord, would you remind us today of just why you sent your son and that knowing that in our hearts might change the way we celebrate. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the gift of life in him, for belonging to a local church, and for the hope that we have that goes beyond this life. We pray it in the precious name of that baby in the manger, that Savior on the cross, and that victorious King who rose again, Jesus.